Well, good evening. Welcome to episode three of Between the Shadows. This is Kristen. This is Kara. Thanks for coming back. We're on with more Dark Shadows. Um, so last we chatted, we chatted a lot about um, Victoria Winter's first night at Collinwood, and now we're kind of at the morning after. Um, so I think we talked about how she met David Collins, which actually I kind of made a mistake last time. Um, I said that and it, it happened at the end of episode three, but it actually ends up at the end of episode four. And then episode five is her next morning after yes. that first night. Yes. And uh, the previous night she met David, but before all that, she had this discussion with Liz and Roger about her involvement with Burke Devlin because we have Roger who's totally paranoid about Burke Devlin coming back and he wants more information, wants to know why, not why, but what she knows about Burke because they rode on the same train. And uh, after being interrogated by Roger, you know, she tells him, I think I'm going to want to catch that early train in the morning. But, I mean, Liz brings her down and is like, she asks a couple questions and then she's satisfied after, you know. Right. She just wants this over with. She doesn't want to question Vicky. She just wants Roger to drop it and be done with it. And then Roger's like, well, no, can you hang on a few minutes? Just keep me company. And then he just pretty, he antagonizes her and interrogates her. As Vicky puts it, she is being cross-examined once again about Burke and her involvement and how she knows him and what did he speak about to her. And Yeah, so the next morning, uh, Carolyn walks into Vicky's room and she's packing. You know, she's packing to go home. And Victoria Winters, you're quitting, aren't you? Yeah. And and Victoria is like, you know, well, I guess I couldn't hack it, you know. <laughs> um, but she, you know, she tells Carolyn about what happened with Roger and then what what happened with David on top of the stairs. And yeah. I hate you. And she's ready to just get out. Yeah. And um, so Carolyn offers her one last breakfast. And um, they talk about... Vicky being an orphan, which I guess Carolyn didn't know. And then Roger walks in, you know, um, to say good morning and um, to make his best attempt to apologize to Vicky for last night and kind of try to make amends there, you know. And um, I guess at that point, um, after Roger leaves, you know, Vicky's like, well, you know, if um, if I'm going to leave today, I'd like to get one last look at the scenery, you know, so. But before next scene you know um while they're at breakfast we see david sneaking into vicky's room and he doesn't seem to be looking for really anything specifically um he's just kind of wandering around he goes to the window and just kind of peers out closes it again and calls out for his mom calls out for his mom just uh in agony you know uh. and then eventually you know we see him just Screw it and undoing Vicky's drawers and um, beating the suitcase to a bloody pulp, <laughs> packing her suitcase for her, you know, and not well, not well. <laughs> so, Vicky wants to get one last look at the scenery before she leaves. So right. She heads out to Widow's Hill and uh, st- stands on the very edge of the cliff and is just looking out, looking out at the sea, and feels the hand on her shoulder. And it's, it's Sam Evans, you know, he uh, this is the first time we see Sam Evans, and yes. he. Um, tells her, just tells her the the short story of Josette and um, how Josette jumped off the hill and because Collinwood was the house of tears, you know, you break a heart and it cries. That was one line that I love. He says, you know, you you break a heart and it cries. And And that kind of 
brings Vicky back to the night before where she's hearing the cries in the middle of the night um, before right. she met David on the stairs. Right. She was hearing all these cries in the middle of the night and right. she thought back to that when he said that. Right. So, um, and then in addition to that, he tells her that Liz hasn't left the hill in 18 years, which Vicky hasn't heard yet, you know? Yeah. And so she runs back in and, you know, Carolyn's standing there after breakfast and she's ironing a shirt or something. Yeah. And, and why didn't you tell me about your mother? Why does she, why hasn't she left in 18 years? And Vicky, or excuse me, Carolyn says, it's because of my dad. You know, my dad left her 18 years ago and you know, the logical place where you wait is the house, you know, for him to come back. Yeah. And we touched on that, that, you know, Liz was the equivalent of us when we haven't heard from our exes, you know, she's waiting at the house. And so Carolyn puts this, these two together, her dad leaving 18 years ago and Vicky getting the money that started 18 years ago. She puts these two together and runs after Vicky and convinces her to stay. She was like, I know it's a, I know it's a whim, but you know, are you gonna, are you not gonna stay to find out? Are you gonna leave before you have a chance to find out? And so she convinces Vicky to stay and um, helps her put her stuff away and unpack. And um, she mentions to Vicky, well, why don't you bring it up to mother? You know, why don't you bring it up and just see what she says? You know? Yeah. And so she does and Liz very stoically and very calmly and, and quick, she's very quick, you know, gives her the answer. She was like, well, that's interesting that you got $50 a month. Do you have any idea where it came from? She's like, that's why I'm asking you. Right. And she was like, no, I, I have no idea. She's like, I hired you because you, you, you came recommended to my brother at someone at the foundling home. And I think we just brought up, um, like, why would you take any advice from Roger or take any recommendation from Roger right now? How would that even be believable with everything that he's been going through and everything that Liz every time they talk Liz is like well Roger this and Roger that Roger, like, she's scolding Roger for something and even tells him you know if you repeat what you did last night showing up at her door and interrogating her I'm gonna ask you to pack your bags and get out of here you right. know oh but I'll take your recommendation for the finest teacher right I mean how from New York was that and and Vicky heard them arguing outside her door right you know so you're full of crap Liz <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying but, but yeah so, so Vicky, she was like, I wish you'd just take my word for it. That's all I know. And I wish we could just leave it at that. And, but Vicky doesn't, she just doesn't. She, um, you know, we, we meet Matthew in the basement and she tries, you know, v Matthew kicks her out and, you know, talks to him in the drawing room, tries to probe him for information. You know, yeah. what did you know about Paul Stoddard? And he was like, I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. You know, I didn't come working at Collinwood until Paul left. Um, he mentions that Liz didn't, Liz fired the entire staff on the day that Paul left and just hired Matthew. Matthew was, the way he put it, he was like, I was sweeping the floors of the cannery before I came to Collinwood. Yeah. But then when I came to Collinwood, Liz gave me the cottage and a, and a place to work till the end of my life for all, all of my days, you know, and, but he didn't know anything about Paul Stoddard and... So Vicky's like, okay, well, that was a bust. So she goes into town, Carolyn loans her the car, you know, and she goes into the diner. Well, before she walks in, you know, Burke is in there and Maggie tries to probe him a little bit. She's like, don't you know who I am? You yeah. Know? yeah. And, and he was like, I don't like guessing games. I don't know who you are. And she was like, okay, one big fat hint, you know, you used to pose for my pop. You know, that's what she calls her. It's like, oh my God, Maggie Evans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Maggie, of course, is all grown up. And uh, I think Burke, you know, despite how he was with the hotel clerk when he first got there, he's real curt and real short and he was short with Drake. When he sees Maggie, there's a genuine smile on his face. He's right. happy to see Maggie. Yeah, I know? think that's the first genuine smile or an 
encounter interaction that you see Burke have with somebody. Yeah, it's the first warm interaction that yeah. you see from Burke, and it was kind of it was kind of refreshing. Yeah, know? it, it kind of made me love Burke a little more. Yeah, like I I I know Burke was rugged and he was curt and he was abrupt, but I kind of loved him. I kind oh, of yeah. loved Burke Devlin. Yeah, and honestly, I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing that he was doing. I mean, the Collinses deserved it. At, at least Roger did. Roger deserved what he was trying to do. Yeah, and mainly he was after Roger. Right, exactly. But um, so they're sitting there and, and Burke's having his coffee and in walks Vicky. And, and, you know, she asks for change so she can use the phone and um, she, you know, can't get through to the to the, the foundling home. So she sits down, but Burke invites her to come and have coffee with him, yeah. you know, and Burke tries to convince her, look, I'm harmless. I just want to be your friend. At this point, we don't know if Burke actually wants to be her friend or if he's probing for information, too. Right, right. But he convinces her, you know, chronologically, I'm your oldest friend in Collins for, you know, we met at the train station, I'm your oldest friend. And Vicky was like, I'm going to go try my phone call again. Well, she calls the foundling home and finally gets a hold of Miss Hopewell. And she says what Liz told her. She said that, you know... She said that her brother got a recommendation, and that's why she hired me. And she tells Vicky, before that letter came for you, none of us have heard had heard of Liz Stoddard or her brother, Roger Collins. Yeah. And she was like, I did some probing, and somebody in Bangor knew them, but, you know, nobody, no, no, nobody on staff recommended you. Nobody knew. And so she hangs up the phone, and... Later, we find out that Miss Hopewell got a call from Wilbur Strake, who's doing all this digging about uh, the Collins family for Burke, and right. Strake was looking for information about Vicky. And she's deciding to write a letter to Vicky explaining all this. Right. Shortly right. after our phone call, this and this and this. Exactly. So Vicky doesn't yeah. know this. Yeah, she's waiting. You know, she's writing a letter. Yeah. But... Um, so, so Carolyn finds her mother in Vicky's room and, you know, she's looking at papers cause the wind has knocked them all over or whatever. And she starts asking her mom herself, because I think Vicky's kind of got her curious now. Yeah. She's like, why, why did you bring Vicky here? And, you know, Liz tells the same rigmarole that she's told <laughs> Vicky yeah. and, she was like, well, did you tell Vicky that? And her mom was like, well, of course I did. You know, she's like, cause I don't, I don't think she believed you. Honestly, I think that she went to town to call the foundling home to see if you were telling the truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And which she was right. Yeah. She was totally right. <laughs> um, but she, Liz starts questioning whether or not she did the right thing, bringing Vicky on at Collinwood. And, and, and Karen was like, please don't let her go. She's my friend. You know, I, it's different with her here and it's a good different. And, right. and, and Liz is like, I, I would only keep her here for you because, yeah. because you wanted that. Right. Exactly. So, um, so after that, um, you know, there's a knock at the door. It's Joe Haskell. He's come there to tell, uh, Carolyn that he got a promotion at work. You know, Mr. Malloy mm-hmm. took me off the boats. Now I'm in the fleet office, you know, and, you know, Carolyn's, you know, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And this is one of those many times that Joe asked Carolyn to marry him and she turns him down. And then they find out that Liz was actually the one who recommended Joe for the promotion. And that sends Carolyn reeling, you know, and, um, and then we go from there, uh, Carolyn, offers to take this letter that Vicky has written to the foundling home. She offers to take it into town because she wants to learn about Burke. Right. Know? And this is after they've had a short conversation in Vicky's room. 
about Burke, and she told her about, I think, having breakfast with Burke that morning. Right, right. And then and Bill Malloy is also there, you know, talking right. to Liz about Bill Malloy yes. and trying to get... About Burke. I'm sorry. <laughs> about about Burke, uh, not Bill. Sorry. Uh, what Bill is talking about... Bill's not talking about himself. We're talking about <laughs> Burke Devlin. Not Burke Devlin. Sorry. <laughs> so Bill Malloy is talking about Berg to Liz and is trying to convince Liz to get Carolyn out before the fireworks happen, is what he said. And <clears throat> Carolyn turns down this this offer of a trip that Bill Malloy did for her, whatever. And then she offers to take Vicky's letter into town and says, oh, I'm going to stop by the hotel so I can get a stamp. Well, Vicky's like, I know your game. She gets a stamp, sticks it on the letter. She's like, now you don't have to. You know, because she knows she's going to the hotel to meet Berg. You yeah. know she is. Yeah. And, um, well, Carolyn stops by the hotel anyway and rings up to Berg's room and says, hey, can I come up and see you? And End of episode. End of episode. That's all we get. Um, so, so eventually she does meet Berg, and, you know, Berg's pretty nice to her, and um, but, you know, Berg has a plan with Carolyn. You know, if he, he feels like if he gets in good with her, then she, he'll get more information right. about the Collinses. Right, you found your way into Collinwood. Right, exactly. <clears throat> so Carolyn ends up getting to go to Burke's hotel room, and uh, um, they, have a, they have nice pleasantries, and, you know, Burke makes her a drink, and, um, you know, just lots of small talk, and um, Carolyn mentions, oh, well, they think you've come back to cause trouble, you know, whatever, and and he fakes this phone call and leaves this piece of paper out on purpose for Carolyn to find about this job or this business in Venezuela or something. And, uh, you know, Burke leaves it out on purpose for her. Um, and then they he drives her back to Collinwood. Yeah. And uh, they go in and... Uh, they go in to see Liz, and she's Liz, already standing in the foyer, like she was waiting for Carolyn to get home. Yep, and she's shocked to see Burke, and and Carolyn was like, "Oh, it was all proper. I invited myself." I, real, real. I called up his hotel room and invited myself up. Yeah, and <laughs> for me, I don't know. I I feel like Carolyn could not have been more obvious. Oh yeah, she's so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> she she played it off like she was trying to smooth things over, but I think she just wanted to get her some Burke Devlin. I think that's really all yeah. it boils down to. She's but, not subtle at all. No, but she did bring him home and. Um, you know, Liz asked him, you know, why'd you come back? You said you always hated Colin or Colin's port. And he's like, I just wanted to come home. You know, I just wanted to come home and, um, you know, visit the old stomping grounds. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't business that brought me back. She asked if it was business and he's like, no, I'm just visiting. I haven't been back in 10 years. Right. And they have this long talk about, you know, how Burke's made his fortune and, has picked up some understanding and forgiveness along the way and that he's not there to cause any problems. And uh, Although he kind of casually brings up in the middle of kind of like money talk and his new fortune and stuff, kind of brings up, well, how much would you think yeah, about how, maybe selling this house Yeah, for? how much is Collinwood <laughs> worth? And this is the thing that blows me away. He offers, he says a price of 200 grand or half a million dollars. Now, this house that they filmed the outside of the 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 outside of Collinwood, the house that they used, the last time it was up for sale a couple of years back, it was at least worth like three million dollars. So the fact that he was like, oh, you know, two hundred two hundred grand or half a million, I'm that blows me away. I mean, the the way things yeah. have changed from 1966 to this time period, 2021, it's just it blows me away because mm -hmm. Collinwood, 
none of us could afford Collinwood, you oh, know? No. And mm. I don't know. It just, it's, it's mind boggling, but. But she was quick to say it's not for sale. It's not for sale, <laughs> you know? And so that's your first idea that Burke is kind of like, he's out to get the Collinses, but excuse us. That's the kitty. <laughs> She's very chatty, um, but she doesn't have anything to say about dark shadows. So, um, so Yeah. So he he tries to assure Liz that he's not there to cause trouble. Well, she sends Carolyn out to find Roger because she wants to bring Roger in on this conversation and get this all nailed out and put an end to all of this. Right. And Carolyn goes to find Roger. He's on the hill, on Widow's Hill, with Vicky. And, right. you know, kinda, Vicky... I guess he kind of followed her up there. Yeah, he followed um, her out there because she's gone to the hill again. I don't know what Vicky... Her obsession with Widow's Hill, but whatever. And... So he's explaining to Vicky the history of Widow's Hill and why it's even called Widow's Hill. And that's where, um, you know, he tells her, you know, way, way back before Collinwood was built, you know, these the, the widows of the seamen out at sea, they would stand on this hill and wait for their husband's ships to come in. And, of course, to no avail, you know, they would never come in. And um, when the house was being built, I think he said, um, Jeremiah told the widows that to keep their grief to themselves and they weren't welcome anymore and and that's where you know built the house he picked the highest point the highest point in collinsport to to build build the house the house yeah and uh so i i guess at this point only three people have died by jumping off of widow's hill and there's some kind of legend that there'll be a fourth at some point at some point soon um but vicky of course is like well that's just a legend and legends aren't true and you know, Roger, you know, probes her for more information about Sam Evans because that's where she met Sam Evans. That's where he wanted to, you know, that's where he met her to tell her that, you know, Sam was looking for Roger and that was it. There was no more to it. And then he, of course, goes back into Burke is dangerous. Stay away from him. You should go home. Another, you should go home. You know, Vicky's already been there. I think this is still her second day there. This is yeah. her first, you know, full day in Collinsport. Um, so... Carolyn eventually finds them. You know, she finds them on the hill and um, says that, oh, Mother wants to speak with you. Doesn't mention that she's in there with Burke Devlin. Right. She just says, Mother wants to speak with you. And I think it's very important. Yeah, it's very important. So, you know, they go back to the house and Roger calls up Sam and talks to Sam and, and wants to talk to him about Burke Devon. Well, Sam just hangs up on him because he's in the room with Maggie and he doesn't want Maggie he's to be a part drinking, of it. He's been drinking, so he's, he's kind been of drinking. in a drunken rage a little bit. Yeah, and so he hangs up the phone, puts his coat back on and prepares to go out. And Carolyn was like, aren't you going to talk with Mother? And he was like, oh, it can wait. She was like, but she's in there with Burke Devlin. And he just stops dead in his tracks Boom. and says, how dare you? How dare you bring that man to this house? And Did as, you bring him here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how dare you? How could you? How could you? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And, and then he stops and then he goes back and then he stops and then he goes back. Eventually, he dons off his coat and walks to the drawing room doors, puts his hand on the knob and roll credits. But we'll jump off that cliff on this episode here, and I guess we'll go ahead and talk about Roger and Burke's conversation. Yeah, so so opening scene of the next episode, Roger does make it into the drawing room, and there's Burke and Liz, and Burke comes over to him, is very friendly, you know, and Roger, it's good to see you. I was hoping I'd get to see you, you know, and, yeah. and Roger doesn't shake his hand. He's a total jerk about it and goes, <laughs> why are you here, Burke? And, you know, goes over to Liz and, and you know, says, you know, have you been talking to him? You know, what did you say? You know, he thinks that 
you know, he's sure that Burke is back, you know, that, you know, because of the man, the manslaughter thing 10 years ago. And yeah, that's like the first thing he brings up and he's like, well, I guess let's talk about it. So he pours himself a drink as always. Yeah. Always with the drink with Roger. They go right into it. And, you know, Burke was saying, I, I, I went to prison, you know, and I, I spent, you know, I was sentenced to, you know, however many years. Five years. Yeah. He, he was like, I, I was on good behavior and the like, and they let me out after five years. And I worked and I saw the world and, and made a boatload of money, you know, and. It's been 10 years. I want to come back. I just wanted to come back and. Right. And, you know, Roger, of course, is not buying a bit of it. No. And, you know, says. Burke says, well, you know, I was, I was sent in, I, there was a, a man was killed 10 years ago and I went to prison over it. And Roger just quickly, because you were guilty. And this little vein in Burke's head just kind of pulsates a little bit when he says it, <laughs> but he plays off and he was like, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. He, he says it's whatever. It was but so long ago. It's 10 years ago. He, he was like, I'm only looking forward to the future. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then he starts interrogating Burke on, you know, how he knows Victoria. You know, you guys rode the same train, and then yesterday you were at breakfast together, and he was like, well, she's lovely, and I didn't want to drink my coffee alone, you know? (laughs) So during all of this, Vicky is going off to Matthew Morgan's cottage because she's got more questions, and the Collinses aren't answering any questions for her. Right. And so she shows up at Matthew's door. There's nobody there, so she walks right in, and, you know, Matthew shortly after, what are you doing here, you know, <laughs> the way he does. And he was like, I need to make my supper. And she's like, I have to talk to you. And and he asks her, you know, does Mrs. Stoddard know you're here? And she, she lies, and she says, oh, yeah, she knows I'm here. Mm-hmm. And which... If Liz had known why she was there and that she was there doing what she was doing, she probably would have had a cow. Yeah. I'm just saying, because Liz doesn't want any more questions about Victoria's past. And, you know, I think at this point, Liz is like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. You know, I'm going to have to tell the truth eventually. Yeah. But... At this point, it's not the first time that Vicky is asking these questions. You know, she's asking about the money. She's asking about, you know, what the Collins have to do with Banger. And, you know, he brings up the trial. Vicky didn't say anything about the trial. She just wanted to know what the Collins' connections and Banger were. And then Matthew accuses her. He was like, well, what, you know, what does you wanting to know about your past have to do with the manslaughter trial? She's like, nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. And he was like, well, then quit asking questions about it. I think that right now is Matthew's main concern is that Burke is back. So that one track mine, he's thinking about the manslaughter trial. Right. And so Vicky was like, well, I'm an orphan and I don't know anything about myself. You know, the same thing she's been telling everybody. Yeah. And he was like, well, what's that got to do with Banger? And she was like, well, there was money sent for me, you know, $50 a month. And there was no return address, but the postmark was Banger, Maine. And I just want to know what the two have in common. And eventually Liz calls up to Matthew's cottage for firewood or something it's cold in the house and she wants firewood and then she asks she's like have you seen miss winters and matthew you know totally throws her under the bus she's like well she's here you know and and (laughs) obviously liz didn't know and matthew kicks her right out of the cottage just get out you know you've been causing trouble and you're nothing but trouble you're gonna get me in trouble you're gonna get me fired exactly no thank you and so while you know liz is making that phone call Roger and Burke get the chance to be in the drawing room alone for a minute here. Mm. So Roger then looks at Burke and is like, okay, Burke, tell me the truth. Why are you really back? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've told you the truth. 
and he's like, you forget I know you pretty well. And it's like, I remember you as a person who remembers every hurt and every insult. Mm-hmm. And he's yep. like, I ju- and I'm just here to warn you. I want you to know where I stand. As like, if you try to do anything to any of us, to me, to Elizabeth, to any of the Fit Collins family or yep. the business, those five years that you spent in prison will seem like the best five years of your life. That's a pretty, pretty hefty threat from Roger. He's like, I just want you to know where I stand. Honestly, though, I'm not sure that Roger is more concerned with the family as, as, as much as he is as himself. You know, he's, yeah, he's terrified of going to prison or this manslaughter thing being brought back up. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, any average human would be they don't want to go to jail or whatever and but i hardly think it was to withhold the fa- you know uphold the family honor you know right i don't doubt that you know roger loves his family of course he does the way he i mean he treats carolyn better than his own kid he does you well, know he doesn't I don't, hate carolyn <laughs> yeah i don't doubt that he loves his family and everything but he is very selfish yeah oh yeah definitely so i, I don't doubt that his thoughts are for him first Especially right. after what he's done, and he's trying to cover up all his mishaps right. and stuff. And right, and you know, Burke's got another kind of vendetta against Roger aside from the manslaughter thing. Yeah, because the day after Burke was sentenced to prison, Roger marries Burke's girlfriend that we all know and love as Laura Collins. Right, and and Burke even brought that up in the drawing room while they were alone. He's like, you know, understand? I know where you stand. Understood, Roger. But tell me, how's your wife? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just drops that bomb on him. Yes, and, he, and and Roger, you know, turns away, and after he, he gets this cold look on his face, and oh, that's just none of your affair. Yeah, and then Burke, you know, Burke mentions, you know, he brings up, well, it kind of is my business. You know, we used to go out. I think is the word. He used and to. you guys were shortly married. What the day after Burke was convicted? Right. Yeah, the day after I was convicted, you guys were married, and. And Roger you know, really has nothing to say after that kind of, and Burke's like, you know, how about we just have one last drink, and you know, I'll be on my way. Right, but then you know, he asks, he asks Roger, and this kind of goes into, well, not yet because we're not to Laura Collins yet, but he was like, y'all used to live in Augusta, why'd you come back here? We learned that Roger's been there about a month, and he brought David there to live, and yeah, um, he doesn't offer any sort of information about Laura. You know, nobody does, not yet. You know, right. that she's alive, but she's not well, is what they say. You know, right? And and Vicky thinking that, um, you know, earlier she was telling Carolyn, she's like, well, I thought his mother was dead. She's like, well, that's that's what you thought. You thought wrong. <laughs> yeah. So all we really know is, or what it seems like we know, Laura just ran off, and. Right, Robin we don't. Roger came home with David. Right, we don't know where she is, and we just know that that David is screwed up, mostly due to the fact that he was very attached to his mom, and now his mom's not around. Right, and but Laura used to go with Berg. You yeah, know? and I I don't know. It's, it's kind of a dirtbag thing on Roger's part to do. It's like, did they get married because of the manslaughter case? Or did they get married because Laura's a gold digger and Burke didn't have a penny to his name? Was there an affair going on with Roger and Laura right. while she was with Burke? Who knows? I mean, right, exactly. Knows? And then it begs the question, because, because it's a soap opera, it begs the question, is David Collins actually Roger Collins' son? Burke's son. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Is, is David Collins actually... Well, yeah, I mean, Roger's son, Burke's son. Who's, whose son is is David, you know? and But I guess that never really came up in this. Oh, it does. It does come up. It did come up. But 
All right. I, into the Laura Collins story, you know, she she uses it as a as a defense, you know, as a as a knee jerk reaction, you know. Well, how do how do you know that David's even yours, you yeah, know? But a threat. But uh, we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get there. Laura's a story all by herself. Yes. Um. So that's kind of how we leave. And Burke says that. You know, I, I have this this business proposal. I have this business that I'm looking into, and I, I could use some thoughts on it. You know, kind of kind of trying to get Roger to to you know come meet up with him again, right? I guess. Like, I'm, or, or get get another chance to talk with Roger alone, right? Exactly. Without anybody else around that's trying to listen, exactly. And I, I I'm wondering if it was the whole Venezuela thing. You know, maybe he just wanted to front that to Roger too. You know, well, and again before he leaves Collinwood that night. Um, he again brings up to Roger, Hey, how much do you think Liz would sell this house for? Right. He brings it up again. So it's like, what are you up to? Right. And, and he's that's, like, Oh, Hey, meet me at the blue whale in a couple hours. Right. He's like, I got some business to go over with you. And, so and funny. Roger's like, well, I'll, I'll think it over. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's the end of that. That's the end of the episode. So I think that's a good place to stop for tonight. I think so, because it's getting pretty juicy, guys. Yep, this is where it starts to get a little bit juicy, and you get past all the... All the beginning stuff and all the introductions. And and I think at this point, we're just to the tail end of episode 13. Yeah. And um, we've covered a lot in this one episode, but... I mean, these first 12 episodes, it's all the same thing. You know, Vicky's trying to figure out where she came from, and Burke is trying to get chummy with the Collinses, and Roger's terrified of Burke. And, you know, so the next uh, next week we'll uh, get into what happens to Roger as he goes to meet Burke. Yes. Uh, next week. So. And before we go tonight, I did just want to give a quick shout-out to Mr. Josh Reeder. He's been doing some original music for us for our show and I, we really appreciate that and I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you so much. We love it. Thank you. But that is what we will leave you with for tonight. Um, just as a friendly reminder, if you have anything you'd like to add, anything you'd like to uh, tell us or whatever you got, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can email us at between the shadows 2021 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. We're pretty responsive to those messages. Um, so yeah, whatever you got. Um, until next time, remember to keep it between us and the shadows. Good night. Good night, everybody. The widows, can you hear them? They're moaning with grief as they have for hundreds of years. Haven't you ever wondered why this place is called Widow's Hill? Unhappy, mournful, the agony of restlessness. They used to walk this hill, the widows. They would walk and stand and look out at the sea and wait for ships to return. They would wait for husbands to never come back. The hours and the days would pass and there would be no masthead over the horizon. No sail, just emptiness, loneliness, and grief. They haven't gone, Miss Winters. They never left. Is it just the wind? Listen. Listen carefully. <laughs>